you know, if you're a conservative and say you don't agree with socialism, but then you're pushing socialist policies to educate our children, we shouldn't be surprised when they grow up to be socialists. Hmm. And so, um, you know, with the shack- shackles come the shackles. So um, <laughs> I think we've seen that. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast. We are coming up on here on episode 69 tonight. Episode 69 tonight. It could be morning when you're listening to, but it's tonight right now. And uh, we have a special guest tonight. Jesse has been pining ever so ever so fondly to have this guest on. It is uh, something that really tickles Jesse's classical conversation homeschooling fancy. <laughs> sure does. It shivers my timbers. Oh boy, does it. <laughs> so tonight we have on with us one Robert Bortons. Uh, you might know him if you're connected with classical conversations because the man runs the show. Goodness gracious. Robert, welcome tonight. How, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on and just excited uh, uh, to tell your guests a little bit about classical conversations and talk about all the stuff going on in our crazy world. Well, we would we would look forward to that. But first, who are you? You're a man of many talents, and, and we, we would love for our audience to get to know a little bit about the one Robert Bordens. <laughs> yes, I am a homeschool dad. I was homeschooled through high school. I received an industrial engineering degree from Clemson University in South Carolina, and I did that for about six years before joining Classical Conversations, uh, which is a homeschool community. Our mission is to know God and to make him known. And uh, that's something that my parents started in our basement in 1997. So we just celebrated our 25th year. And uh, Amen. we have about 130,000 students uh, around the world in 50 countries, mm. although uh, the majority of those is here in the United States. Oh, so you you haven't you're not doing much at all anyway. That's you. You're just a lot a lot of free time then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to play golf on the side, coach my kids' t ball, go to trail life, uh, oh, engage trail in life. politics. So try to stay busy. <laughs> what else is there to do? I mean, if we're not if we're not busy, we're bored. That's you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> So um, I, I think I think my first question I, I want to throw out, I'm trying to figure out an order because I'm literally I'm terrified I'm going to brain dump and I don't I don't want to do that. Well, the best part is Jesse can't ask you anything about industrial engineering because he has no idea. I have about no that, idea. So. That's right <laughs> off the table. I do want to convert my shed into something, but I feel like that's probably lowballing that's what probably you do. More of like a mechanical engineer, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or a civil See? engineer. <laughs> I'll just tell them how they could have done it better. After that, <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, um, I, I think before before I before I want to jump into classical conversations itself, um, the first part of classical conversations is classical, and there's so many different methods of education. Can you like uh, sum up, like give your give your couple minute pitch as to what a classical education is, um, and how that differentiates itself from maybe what we're used to seeing in schools nowadays, or or how that works. Yes. So the classical education is broken down into three levels, uh, the trivium is what we call it, grammar, dialectic, and rhetoric, which is basically the stages a child's brain goes through as they're developing, and it starts with uh, memorization when they're younger, and then comparing those facts as they get into middle school, and then expressing those through storytelling and debate and uh, writing uh uh, different sorts of papers in uh, high school and so it's the way anyone learns anything so if you were to uh, start playing hockey in Canada and I know nothing about hockey you know I'd want to learn about the stick and the puck and what the rules are that'd be all the grammar of hockey um, and if you're doing cooking you know you're gonna want to learn what a teaspoon is versus a tablespoon and then um, for hockey you know playing the game is the rhetorical stage at a high level or even coaching it one day and then maybe uh, baking a cake that's edible, and then uh, maybe <laughs> baking, owning a bakery, you know, might be the rhetorical stage of that. So uh, it's really, um, and it's all about reading source materials. So, you know, you don't have to worry about things like critical race theory or any of these theories, because that's all of 
people's interpretations of other people's words. Uh, you just go back and read the original documents. So we read the Magna Carta, you read the Federalist Papers, you read our Constitution, you compare it to other countries' constitutions. And uh, obviously they're not doing that in the grammar school stage, but that's what they're doing in middle school and high school is going back and reading what the people actually said um, and not reading some woke professor's uh, interpretation of what was said. So they didn't do a lot of critical theory back when they were writing the old Magna Carta, did they? No, not so much? No, no not so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's curious. I I always thought that, you know, that's right where, you know, Robin D'Angelo pulled that from, was right out. <laughs> no? Oh, man. I, I'm going to have to go back and double check this. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it the Magna Carta that was written into the 1619? That's why they call it the 1619 Project? <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's false, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> He hasn't gotten there in his classical conversations journey yet. Jesse's still he's still growing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we but messed we up have... the Latin in our name. <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah, so we started in high school and so you can start CC at any time. But uh when I was twenty six I went back and uh sat in our foundations and essentials class, which is for our uh, K through sixth grade students. And I think I learned more that year as a twenty six year old than I did in any of my years in college. So <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I wanna I can I can verify this. So I, most of the learning that I've done about about history, uh, particularly, has come since I was an adult. It's it was been it was self motivated learning, um, and and a lot of that learning, we walked through um, uh, the history song. Right, is that what it's called that you did yeah. first? The yeah. timeline song. Timeline. That's it. The timeline song at the uh, most recent uh, classical conversations local. Um, what did you call it? Showcase. Uh, and I, I'm I'm hearing all this stuff, and I'm putting and even even as much learning as I've done, I don't know why I didn't clearly map on the fact that they had the French Revolution, and what not not forty years later they were they were crowning Bonaparte again. Like, how dumb was it to base <laughs> that thing off of reason, man's <laughs> logic, as if that was going to last? Because it clearly didn't. Um, so that was that was a nice takeaway from the. Uh, Classical conversation showcase for me. <laughs> Piecing that together, like, oh my gosh, those idiots! They went right back to Bonaparte. <laughs> yeah, as the dog returns to its vomit. Oh so. my gosh, <laughs> that's so true. There it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, what is it? What is the refrain in Judges? And there was no king in Israel, and everyone did it what was, was right, right in their, in their own, own eyes. That's correct. Yeah. Well, anyway, I made me very thankful that uh, we had a Christian founding, and emphatically holistically Christian founding here in this country. So we did yes. not just crown a monarch 40 years later. Kind of. <laughs> 200, 200 yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I was joking, Robert, I was joking, I was joking with one of the families as we were wrapping up the timeline song this year. I'm like, I'm like, I really want to do like a, a, a funny, a funny parody skit version for like 2020 and just yeah. start like a whole new section. And it's like, you know, <laughs> Communism comes to America, and not and all this other stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll have to update that. <laughs> well, you can start back in the '60s. You can do the Frankfurt School, growing through. Um, uh, oh gosh, where would they? Uh, Boston, Boston. Um, where did they land? No one. Anyone help me? Frankfurt School landed in. Uh, I thought it was in the Midwest somewhere. No, it was a college in Boston, and it was I Ivy League. Ah, forget it. I got nothing for you. Check Sorry. the show notes, people. We'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin's not writing the song, so that's good. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> so, so now that we've uh, kind of distinct made some distinctives for classical uh, education, what does uh, what does classical conversations bring for for a homeschooling family? What what does it what does it do? How does it integrate those those areas of the trivium into something that's uh, practical for families to start doing in their homes? Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of have. Uh, three things. The first is Christian leadership. So our differentiator in the homeschool marketplace is that we form communities that uh, meet once a week and uh, provide support uh, for families. And so our community support is there. And then the classical training, because a lot of people, um, even myself, weren't necessarily classically trained growing up. You know, we either had homeschooling and didn't really know what classical education was that full-time um, or went to public school or private school. And so uh, we provide our parents uh, with free training during the summer called Parent Practicum, and there's probably one near you. 
Um, and then uh, just uh, throughout the school year, we have all sorts of things to help parents um, provide a great homeschooling experience for their children in our online platform, as well as, you know, if you have uh, questions, your local tutor or director can uh, help you out as well. So it's a really, you get that three prong approach. Awesome. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually one of the things that, um, that kind of hooked, hooked me and my wife into it is, um, it's kind of like, okay, there's other people doing this. Okay. There, there's a plan. Okay. This is nice. Like, it, you know, I, I forget if it was the way it was described to me, but I'm, I kind of describe it to people as like, it's like, it's homeschooling with help. You know, there's a plan that it is a proven plan. It is a good plan. It is, um, you know, biblical, it is historical, it is factual and there's people around you. Um, so even when you're figuring out things, there's always people to bounce questions off of and you will get a mile's worth of responses <laughs> and opinions as to how to go about doing that one thing that you had a little question about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think all parents, you know, worry, like, am I doing the right thing? Is this going to work out in the end? And, you know, we've been doing this for 25 years. We've got thousands, if not tens of thousands of graduates now, and they're doing great. They're becoming missionaries or pastors. Or industrial engineers. Business leaders. Yeah. Uh, some some are working for government agencies, going to college. So, I mean, families can rest assured if they follow the Classical Conversations program you know, tailor it for their family's needs that they're going to do a good job homeschooling. So and we even got colleges now that give college scholarships to our students just for going to CC. Um, that's how much colleges are looking for our students, but wow. you don't have to go to college. We're not a college prep program, but you will be definitely prepared for college if that's what the Lord has in store for you. Wow. That's yeah, really cool. It turns out what colleges don't have a lot of is, is self-motivated learners. So uh, yeah. they could use more self-motivated <laughs> learners, and it's always helpful to round out the numbers of the other ones that are not learning. <laughs> so, yes. how, do, how do we know this, you might ask? Well, we both went to college, didn't we? <laughs> that's boy, how we know. boy, did we. <laughs> that's how we know. I had to finish my degree as an adult learner so that I was motivated. That's how I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so there's the, there's the three different programs in classical conversations that kind of map on to the, the three different areas of the trivium, right? There's foundations, essentials, and, um, that's like the challenge. Yeah. So like, how, how does that map on and and what's the point of, uh, what's the point of each of those programs, the foundations, essentials, and challenge? Yeah. So the foundations program is all about, uh, learning grammar of everything so everything has grammar so history science uh math uh obviously english grammar uh, latin grammar uh geography and so like our students will learn the periodic table and so like my five and seven year old are have memorized the periodic table i'll tell you like as taking chemistry at clemson if you could memorize the periodic table you would pass chemistry 101 no problem um, so these are things that people say, well, they don't know what the, this means. And, you know, you hear classical education, they always, people target rote memorization. But, you know, in engineering, we have a thing that says garbage in, garbage out. And so modern education tries to get things out of kids without putting the best in them. Hmm. So the grammar program is really about giving kids the best things. So as they can memorize the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song, or they can memorize the times tables up to 15. And both are equally fun for kids if you do it in an entertaining way. And so that's what we, we're accomplishing in the grammar school in our foundations program. And then essentials is where we start teaching children how to write and give them a structure to um, use in writing as well as get really fast at uh, math facts. And uh, then the challenge program is our rhetorical stage. And that's where they just read copious amounts of uh, novels, uh, fiction, uh, historical documents. Uh, they translate, uh, you know, some of the Bible into Latin and do biology experiments together and learn physics and all those fun things. So hmm. it truly is a, a – and it builds on each other. So, like, the difference between, <clears throat> like, most homeschoolers that don't necessarily are part of a program – you know, they do something one year and they think, oh, this worked, this didn't work. And then they do something the next year um, based on what their experience was the previous year. But that's all they have that they're drawing from. 
and you see a lot of this with like private schools, uh, especially church schools. They'll start with like a kindergarten program. So oh, that went well. And then they have a first grade program and they eventually get to a 12th grade program. And it's better than the alternative or going to public school. But when they started the kindergarten program, they were like, how do we prepare our kindergarten students to be the best 12th graders possible? Versus classical conversations, we started with the high school um, because that's where my oldest, myself and my younger brother were. Then my parents had two other siblings. uh, So there's four of us that were 12 and 15 years younger than us. So as we were graduating from high school, my parents were able to say, you know, this is what did work and didn't work. This is what we wish John and Robert knew. And so that's how we created the foundations and essentials program based on what they wished that they had been able to teach us hmm. to prepare us for high school and college. And so we just kind of, you know, kind of think about like the Oregon Trail, like we all used to play the Oregon Trail growing up. And it was, a, you know, one of the very first video games. And Watch out like for dysentery. <laughs> yeah, you'd hire a guide and you know you'd go across the country and try to um, get to Oregon safely um, you know classical conversations is a lot like the guide we're going to help you get to Oregon safely because we've been there and done that that's really cool that's a, that's actually something I, I did not know the whole kind of reverse engineering aspect of uh, of starting with the older and then you know putting it putting it back full circle that's really cool I actually didn't know that yeah, so you became an, an industrial engineer. So then, I'm guessing your younger siblings they just uh, like cured random diseases, right? Because they were so much more prepared. <laughs> but they got just like well, oh, we can know. cure that. <laughs> I don't know them. I don't know who they are. But can one of them be president, please? <laughs> <laughs> I would take a warm bowl of soup uh, right now to be. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. We need. <laughs> If you know what, in, in to bridge, I don't know. Am I okay to jump in? Yeah, please. Go awesome. Forward. I was going to let bridge, you talk at some point. To bridge a, a kind of a, a connection point here, maybe into something that is a little more uh, topically political in nature. How how is the the school choice movement in America that's developed and risen up kind of been? Uh, has it had any play in the homeschool world? How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I'm I'm all about having more choice. Um, but we see it. We we basically saw it revitalize um, the horribly suffering education system that was in Florida to what it is now. Um, how 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 does that affect homeschooling in any way, or does it not? Maybe it doesn't affect it at all. Um, so I mean, you always have to define your terms. What is school choice? Do I believe that parents should have as many choices as possible? Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone should. If school choice means should the government pay for every single education choice possible, then I would, you know, from a Christian perspective, say where in the Bible does it say that uh, the government is responsible for education? Um, And, of course, you won't be able to find it there. It's uh, the church, and it's really the family with the church's support. And so um, when you see, like, for homes, for the school choice movement, you know, in a lot of ways, we're all socialists now, um, if you think about what they're trying to accomplish, because they say, well, we're going to give this money to these people so they can go to private school or public school. Well, it just creates uh, business models that rely on government funding. So if the government says to your uh, private school, um, hey, if you want to keep getting this money, you have to teach LGBTQTIA plus um, to your second graders. Um, and you're saying, well, I'm going to have to either close my school down and fire 50 people or do this thing um, to keep the money coming, uh, then I'm going to do that. So it really is going to uh, – I, I feel you know, they, their heart's in the right place, but their methodology is just going to increase the, the, the troubles that we have. So – you know, if you're a conservative and say you don't agree with socialism, but then you're pushing socialist policies to educate our children, we shouldn't be surprised when they grow up to be socialists. Hmm. And so, um, you know, with the shack- shackles come the shackles. So um, <laughs> and I think we've seen that uh, in our country, especially with the vaccine uh, debate and the mandatory vaccine. The reason um, the Supreme Court uh, disallowed it with business um, and said that was illegal, but they allowed it for hospitals. And they said that was because they allowed it for hospitals that were taking Medicaid and Medicare because they said the government was the customer 
and not the actual person receiving the treatment. And so if the government's the customer, they can tell you how to deliver your goods and services. And so if the government tells you you have to get everyone vaccinated, then uh, you can do that or you can stop taking Medicaid and Medicare. Of course, most hospital systems rely on those reimbursements. Um, and so, uh, you know, they have no choice but to keep their doors open is to bow, bend the knee to tyrants instead of fighting back. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting perspective. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that one hard. I mean, I, I work as an emergency nurse. Um, and that's, I mean, especially in our state, it's just absolutely atrocious. But yeah, with the whole vaccine mandates and everything. And then there's the testing requirement, which has absolutely no basis in science whatsoever. It's just a completely arbitrary thing. Uh, it's like, oh my gosh. But uh, yes. yeah, well, I'm feeling you there. I don't know that we can make it all the way down that trail tonight. No, no, no. We'll leave I would, that trail. I find, I find that <laughs> federalism throws an interesting uh interesting wrench into the idea because the idea of school choice in say New Jersey where we live would most certainly come with every string you mentioned attached but when you have with with proper federalism in place you could have a place a state like Florida where they're saying no those things are not going to be a part of our education curriculum in the first place so if your local church wants to start a school and then you can have the money for whatever whatever money we were to spend on these kids anyway that we've already stolen from you you can have um, mm-hmm. might be might be different so federalism might might come into play there but generally speaking you you just speak you're, you're just addressing what is my first principle of government namely anything the the government gets involved with goes poorly so if we can keep them, <laughs> yeah. especially fine if they touch something financially in any industry it is the most expensive uh, secretive thing there's there's zero transparency i mean you can look at you can look at medicine right you can look at healthcare you can look at housing uh you can look at education yeah i mean these any, anywhere they touch right like oh how much is a credit hour in college it's a bazillion dollars it doesn't matter the government guarantees it we can we can say it costs whatever it, we want it to cost it, and yeah. you know, what do we what do i get for that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the government guaranteed the loan it doesn't matter <laughs> so it's like ugh and they're looking to, and the government's looking to be like, oh no, you know what? <laughs> it's like, you know what? Maybe we don't want to fail. It's just so anyway. <clears throat> anyway, that's the main principle, and you're absolutely correct about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I do. I mean, if they're trying to do good things, I say we just should be smarter than the average bear. We don't have to be socialists to empower parents. You know, let's start nonprofits. Let's encourage the business community to you know provide educational options for their families. Mm. So. Oh yeah, put it back into uh, private hands where they always <laughs> manage things better. Literally every time, every time. <laughs> so uh, piggybacking off of off of something that you said, uh, as far as like the, the churches supporting families and in, in the roles of education, like how how do you think that churches should be supporting families um, in in their educational options? Like, do do you think churches should be uh, collecting funds and budgeting funds to help parents and families uh, provide alternatives? Uh, to public education for their congregants? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have an education fund at our church, and, and we help help people out who need help uh, in that area. Um, our church also has a, a three-day-a-week um, kind of homeschool hybrid, and they host a classical conversations community um, one day a week as well and are open to hosting it a second day. So, you know, one of the things I would just say to church leaders is God has given you uh, this building, and it's one of the talents that the Lord has given you to multiply. Mm. And I've got a lot of sins I'm going to answer for uh, when I go to the Bema seat. Uh, but uh, having a church not being used five days a week, you know, well over 50% of the time, being empty um, isn't something that I'm going to have to answer for. Mm. So I think uh, churches and uh, you know, people who lead those churches, um, have a responsibility to use that facility to um, increase the kingdom, and I think uh, helping families through education is a uh, you know one of those great great ways they can use that facility. Ten out of ten. Yep, absolutely. I've always said I'm not anti steeple, but it's just really hard to fit a lot of people up there. So I don't know exactly what <laughs> the uh, what they can't put many <laughs> people in the steeple. <laughs> can't fit many people. In the old steeple, but yes, using the business definitely using the can't building. fit me in the steeple. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, we could fit just you in the steeple. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I put my arm up, 
It's like <laughs> you're like you're like water. You take on the shape of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I think you're doing your. I mean, <clears throat> our church has a really good pastor, so most of the families homeschool or send them to private Christian schools. Or find a different church. <laughs> <laughs> that is our kind of pastor. That's right, baby. That's uh, you're separating the old wheats in a tear there. You got to separate them out. You know, the chaff dry. The chaff is driven away by the wind. You have to. If you don't blow the wind, how are you going to separate the chaff? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I think you know. I think pastors need to be speaking the truth from their pulpit. And uh, if it's no surprise, uh, Dorothy Sayers put it this way. You know, it's no surprise that most of the intelligent workers um, don't go to church anymore. And she said this, you know, 60, 70 years ago, because 90% of what was said from the pulpit has no application to their lives. Mm. And so if the uh, pastors aren't engaging their uh, congregate on what the Bible says about the time we're in now, then uh, what's the point of going to church anyways? That's why we see, you know, church attendance dropping all over the place. Um, in the U.S. and people not believing the Bible anymore, and you know, Barnard does their research, and every couple of years they say how many people are, uh, you know, Christian, you know, in Christians or de- as they define it, and you know, every single time it's dropping more and more. So. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you attend church three times a year? We'll call you a Christian for this study. <laughs> that's pretty much how it works. You are most certainly an evangelical. We would, that's what we will label you in this study. <laughs> I went to my friend's wedding. It was in a church. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of my friends got married this year. <laughs> You're a Christian for our study. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so uh, we, were, we were chatting uh, before, before we started recording, and uh, I was talking to you about our investment into uh, into – our, our Canadian friends and uh, just how we've supported them and uh, just some of their plights and stuff like that. So what does, uh, is, is classical conversations uh, in communist Canada and how would a family go about figuring that out or, or, or plugging into that there? Yeah, you can go to Canada dash CC.ca. Uh, you can also go to CC international online.com. But yeah, Canada-CC.ca is going to be where you can find our locations. And we have communities in British Columbia, Manitoba, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland and Labrador, Alberta, and Ontario. And we're looking for community leaders in Yukon and uh, Northwest Territories in Saskatchewan and Nova Scotia right now. Nice. So Quebec and New Brunswick. So if... Uh, you're looking for a community and we have one near you we'll put you in touch with them and if you don't have one near you we will definitely be excited to help you get one started yeah and jesse actually volunteers to help you uh directly get connected on what it's like to be a uh cc leader he he will he will definitely take that on so all of our canadian friends if you need any help and you're considering starting your own cc group jesse will definitely definitely help you with that i i feel confident and then i will message robert and we'll see what he has to say about this. <laughs> this is where robert will have many regrets <laughs> so many regrets i'll just send you to canada-cc.ca yeah but that, that's awesome it's it's such a it's such a wonderful thing to have to have that type of resource available i mean when, when i found out about classical conversations um and and, and started talking to our uh what is it called a uh oh man SR support rep, support rep. yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Um, and she she was just telling me about it and she showing me all the stuff. And I visited a showcase, you know, to test the waters. And I, I got to see from the littlest ones telling me about their you know liquid measurements and conversions to, you know, the the oldest ones, uh, you know, going through uh, their their skits and plays and debates and and their logic. I was like, oh my gosh, this this is like. This looks really good to me. I, I would love my family to go through something like this. And, and now that we're into it, I think we're going we're finishing up our third year, and we're going awesome. back through our cycles um, in the fall. Um, it, it it really has been a super a super tremendous help. Um, and with the support, it's much more manageable than I think uh, homeschooling sounds to to a lot of people. So I'll definitely encourage that for sure. Um, I appreciate it. But you know, growing internationally has been a 
our biggest growth over the last couple of years, just with COVID has been a real blessing for that. So yeah, it's not all bad. No, I would, uh, I would say it's caused a lot of people to evaluate their, um, the things they've held in, in an open hand that need to become closed hand primary issues like educating their young, uh, has definitely become something in the forefront of so many people's minds. And uh, it's been, that's been great. It's been great to see because parents have not taken seriously. Now, the next thing they could just do is just, you just got to reach over and you just grab the cell phone and you just <laughs> never give it to a child. That's the thing <laughs> that will save so many children. Uh, just grab the cell phone, take it away. Done. Look, problem, problem solved. It literally will, they will, their IQ will, will increase 30 points just like that. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that, that is definitely, but good. I was going to see if you had time for one more question, Robert. All right. One more question. This one's for my brother. So like, um, for, a f- <laughs> oh. so if you have, so one of the things, I mean, when I talk to the families with young kids, and I talk to them about classical education. You know, yes, it's a lot different than what you're used to with public education, stuff like that. Making that transition seems to be a bit more doable because the kids are the kids are young. Say you have kids like uh, you know middle school or junior high or e- even like a even like a freshman, uh, and, and they're like, okay, I'm really not married to this idea of public school, but doing something different seems like such a huge like it's going to mess them up. Like it's it's too far removed. What would you say to that type of parent? How can is that is the jump manageable? Can you can you make that jump and and be successful? Yeah, if you can, and our directors are kind of, um, you know, they have resources to help you kind of navigate that jump, and you know, maybe that first semester, or maybe even a little bit into that second semester, you're probably tailoring your um, assignments down a little bit. So maybe if you've been in CC for, you know, eight years you know, that you're, that student's going to write a five or six page paper. But if it's your first year, you know, the director might say, Hey, probably just write a two page paper this time. Cause it's your first year. And so there's, and then the students have positive reinforcement. So we a lot of times see the students stepping up, um, you know, especially into the second semester because they see what their um, peers are able to accomplish. And uh, you know, they said, you know, if Joe can do it, I can do it too. I mean, we've had students, um, you know, where they didn't like the family might have their younger students in CC and their older ones not in CC. And, uh, you know, oftentimes we hear from those older students, you know, mom, why didn't you do CC with me? Or we've even heard of kids who, you know, might be in a private school or even a public school and they get through 12th grade, but they see what their children are learning, their siblings are learning, and they come back and do a challenge for. Uh, year or challenge three year, even hmm. though they could technically go off to college just because they want to get that education for themselves. So, I mean, I play sports. And so, you know, think about if your kid is playing basketball and he's in 10th grade and he's just had your local middle school basketball and high school basketball coach coaching them. And then John Wooden or Mike Strzyzewski or, you know, you know, one of these famous coaches says, Hey, you know, I'd like to coach him for two years. And you're like, no, he's, you know, you're way too advanced for that. You know, he won't be able to keep up with you. No, you absolutely put them in, even though they might not have had that level of coaching before, right? That's so correct. The same thing with CC is, yeah, they, yeah, it'd be great to have John Wooden coach your kid all 12 years, but if you can only get one or two years under him, you know, you want to do that as quickly hmm. as you can. So That was an excellent answer. I think anyone who can homeschool, if you, if you homeschool with classical conversations for just one year, I mean, that's going to benefit you tremendously. And obviously, we want you to stay longer, but um, you know, I think we have an impact on every life that the Lord puts in front of us. Hmm. Amen. That I'm was down. excellent. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> right, just, just make sure you, your kids are registered right for next year. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, that was just hypothetical. <laughs> You're not allowed to leave. oh you're stuck jess you're so stuck yeah i I already put the the bloodied fingerprint on the paper i've I've sold my soul yes it only cost four ounces of blood this year it was great (laughs) that's because he gets a discount for every child that you know (laughs) right yeah yeah yeah. the the amount of blood decreases per child Well, this was this was absolutely excellent. I think uh, I think this would be a great resource, um, especially for for many in Canada. Uh, we interact with uh, several that are homeschool already. Others that obviously have seen the state of their 
current country and probably have some questions about where their education system is going as well as the classroom has been opened up to so many parents across the North American continent through Zoom. And they had to say, wait a second, what did you say to my kid? <laughs> what, is that? what did you say? <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I do hope that the floodgates continue into homeschool and, and, and private school, uh, but particularly class, class conversations uh, has been a blessing for me to see my little nieces and nephews uh, diving in. So I really appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Looking forward to listening to the episode. And I have my own podcast, uh, Refining Rhetoric, and I launch every other Wednesday. So you can find me on your favorite podcast platform. And it is good. I have listened to three episodes. Nice. Look at you doing your research. I tried to. Well, I, I can listen to things. Of, of the things I can do, I can put down a lot of audio in my big brown truck every day. <laughs> Drive around, deliver those packages, and I uh, listen to Robert Borton uh, dish dish on. He he. Let's just say he can cover any. He can he can cover any topic incredibly adequately. So do do sharpen yourselves. Avail yourself to his knowledge. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> My uh, first job out of college was uh, an engineer for UPS. So. Was it really? I, well, I you you know what? I can tell you right now, you didn't fix anything, okay? It is <laughs> all still <laughs> broken. But I'm sure you could only do so much as one man. So. <laughs> it was an interesting 11 months. Yes, well, uh, I, I will make sure that you, you may be getting an email because, let me tell you, we could still use some help. <laughs> That was an awesome connection. <laughs> but have you thought about making the trucks round? <laughs> no, stop it. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, uh, may God continue to bless you and uh, and the ministry of Class Conversations. And we appreciate so much your time, Robert, tonight. And, uh, and, and it's been a pleasure. See you guys later. Later. God bless. Well, that was absolutely awesome to have uh, Robert on with us this evening. Hopefully you gained and gleaned some useful information uh, for you, no matter where you are in your education journey for your children. Yes, hopefully there was much glaning going on. (laughs) Gained and gleaned, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We do want to point you at this point in the podcast, before we talk about our final uh, last topic to kind of round out this episode. Um we wanted to uh, point you to the Carpe Fide shop where we have several shirts on sale right now. Not just like, of course, we have some shirts that are obviously raising amazing funds for awesome people doing hard work in the ministry, but also like they're literally on sale. Like they're less expensive than uh, just about any t-shirt you could buy on the internet. <laughs> as well as amazing stickers, which are also cheaper than anywhere you can find on the entire internet. Oh my gosh. I bought I bought stickers from some funny some funny plays they're really funny stickers but they are so chintzy and it made me feel really good about the stickers that we put out yeah like we actually make some pretty cool stickers and they actually uh you know are cheaper than anything what you paid for <laughs> they, they are cheaper than what i paid let's not talk about it <laughs> anyway we're not here to turn a profit but we'd love for you to jump over there and actually uh get some funds in so we could send uh nice chunks of change to places like Liberty Coalition in Canada and <laughs> Trinity Bible Chapel. These are places we'd like to be giving some good funds to. And if you would, wouldn't would mind jumping on over there. And by the way, don't forget, we're trying to abolish abortion here. Joining them for Free the States so you can grab a killer t-shirt, which will segue perfectly the abolition abor- the abolish abortion. Did I mess that up? Oh, killer t-shirt. I it's see what I did there. It's a killer t-shirt. You oh, my gosh. Oh, oh no. It's a great segue, though. It was a great segue. Right? I, like, I, that's why I didn't say anything, because... No, I get it now. I see the joke, though. <sighs> anyway, what I meant was, we're abolishing abortion here uh, with that t-shirt, uh, so you can go uh, grab that abolitionist t-shirt as well, which is a fire-looking t-shirt, by the way, and raise some funds for free the states who are seeking to abolish abortion in the states, oh, which fits perfectly. Oh, they're doing it. They're oh, they're doing it in Louisiana right oh, now. Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. Oh, I see. I seen it, baby. I'll just wait till we talk about. I seen it all up in it. Um, so uh, that segue is right into our topic of the fact that we can't possibly let this episode go by without addressing the fact that the uh, Supreme Court uh, had a draft document, opinion document leak 
that is basically more or less repealing Roe uh, at a federal level, Roe, Roe v. Wade and uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, um, and sending that back into the federal system uh, to each individual state to make laws governing abortion. Um, and that is uh, crazy, a crazy development, uh, if you would, if I were to say so myself. It definitely wasn't on my list of things happening in 2022, that's for sure. No, but of course, I'm just used to 2020 and you know 2019, where so many things that I would just want to cry into my cereal over happened. <laughs> so, well, at least we know the day, at least we know the years, and we can tell our kids that. That's when America ended. Yeah, that's what, well, they'll still be living in those years by the time our kids are old enough. Anyway. That's true. Uh, America's prolonging ending. its adolescence right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Perpetually 23 years old. Um, but, but yeah, this was, uh, this has triggered so many responses uh, on the interwebs and the socials. People no, are also a pun. It has triggered. Oh, triggered. They are so oh, triggered. There's been so many people losing their minds. If I have to explain one more time that the baby growing inside of a mother is not actually the mother's body oh my to a person, it's it's not hard, people. This is just simple biology. It's not the same DNA. Right. Please. So, did you know? I don't, you're in the medical field. You may have known this. Did you know I mean, that? Lay it on me, baby. That it's very, it, 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 if, uh, if the blood types of the baby and the mom aren't matched up and, and they actually like something happens and like they start mingling blood during the birth like it can it can be really really bad yeah there's some definite bad things that can happen your body yeah. starts attacking itself and all sorts of and the, the baby uh, it's a mess yeah but i noticed like if i cut my finger and then i cut my other finger and i put them together on my own body nothing bad happens like i'm fine it's not a big deal uh, yeah that's because that's uh your own body oh my still. gosh you mean it's a oh yeah, it's almost it's almost like the it's almost like the baby's a different body. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so fascinating yet rudimentary to clear. It is <laughs> it is one of the most common things where it's like, no, I would hate for abortion. Like I I would never have an abortion myself, but it's a woman's body, and I'm like, it's just objectively not. <laughs> it's, so not. it's never been. No society has thought it was the same body. Going from Adam to now, everyone knew different person in there <laughs> kicking. It's not like you're ki- you're not kicking yourself. Your heart, you don't have two hearts. <laughs> it's not like when my wife gave birth. I wasn't like, oh hey babe, hey babe, hey, babe. Look, you made some more babes. Look, it's like you. This is you. Oh. This is clearly you. This is also you as a person. You're just younger now. Yeah. Oh, that didn't happen. We that's don't produce like yeast. We just bud off of one. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the same thing. Stupid. So, but people yelling and screaming and oh my gosh, they they, they they threw they threw like a firebomb in one of the what was there in Wisconsin or something like that. Yeah, they, they, that was they Molotov cocktailed a, a pro life headquarters. Like what? What in the world? You could have yeah. literally taken a. A fully born human life, a, a post born life, all to defend your right to kill the pre born. Yeah, this is, and this is really where this is where the argument goes. So for me, who's is, who's not taking care of the living life now, right? Yeah, like, seriously, who's not taking seriously. care of the life outside of the womb? Seriously, quick Gross. facts for you. I believe um, we have almost forty people waiting uh, to adopt for every one baby that is born. Just so you're you're clear, I believe I believe we're, I th- believe that's. Almost accurate. It's probably, I think it's closer to 36, 37, but I was rounding up. Um, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of babies that are not being born because they're being aborted that people would like to um, adopt. So uh, that's not possible because we're killing all of our babies. Also, the wait lists are so long at most adoption clinics and agencies that you cannot get on the list. Just FYI. So, and I see people making arguments like, oh, well, you just need to adopt out of the foster care system. Just F, just cl- to be clear most of the kids in the foster system are not available for adoption. You can't just adopt a child out of the foster care system. <laughs> that one. I want that one. Because... Send them right over here. parents are alive. They've just made horrible decisions that allow them not to parent. And then they, you know, make some better decisions for a little bit. And then, oh, now the child has to leave the foster foster home and go live with them until they screw up again and that goes back into the system. It's why the system is horribly broken, all right? And, and it's it's not great. But at the same time, it's like you can just adopt them. They're not just adoptable children. Their parents are still... It's just like there's so many dumb arguments being made right now. It makes me so frustrated. Oh, it's <sighs> it's tiresome. Yeah. Oh, we had we had our first uh, we had our first pro abort troll on the on the onlines. Yes, we did. We. Uh... <laughs> it was probably blocked and deleted. I, I'm sorry. I I'm pro free speech, but 
not pro that speech on, on my if you, page. Yeah, hopefully none of you got to interact or see what was happening, but it was there were some graphic pictures being put up that were very, very horrible. And uh, we would like to have dialogue, uh, but we're not going to allow that kind of defamation to Jesus. That was way too far. <laughs> way, yeah. way too far. Um, but, uh, but this brings me to why. Why are they reacting this way? Justin, why, why are they reacting this way? It It's... It's like watching the prophets of Baal, right? Mm. Just jump around the altar trying to get Baal to call down fire. It's because we are attacking their gods, all right? We are attacking their god. Their god, all of their god, their god of the intersectional chaos is built upon the principle that they Intersexual or intersectional? Intersectional. Ah, an important clarification. Well, I mean, yeah, but (laughs) the intersectional chaos that they've created right where we have this these hierarchies and these victimhood identities that that is built upon the the foundation that they can they can end life whenever they choose their god needs to be the giver and ender of life right literally the mother can both birth a child and also kill that child in the womb as if it never happened that needs to happen in order for their god to have look like it has any power right that's that's why they're freaking out. They're losing their minds because it's eroding the foundation upon which their whole entire act of worship is built upon the self. It's it's crumbling. Um, and when that happens, you see people start doing crazy things. I mean, the prophets of Baal just started cutting themselves until blood was gushing. They were literally killing themselves trying to get Baal to call down fire on their altar. And Elijah was like, oh no, that's not working out too well for you guys. Maybe your God is using the bathroom. He must not be able to hear you right now. Um, and that's why that's why we're seeing this kind of reaction. Uh, that's why the Supreme Court justices' houses are being now guarded twenty four seven because people are showing up there to quote unquote protest. Um, you know, which is so that's so fantastic. We should we should really intimidate the judicial the judicial branch of of our government so that they give us whatever decisions we want. I mean, that doesn't just you know what these pro democracy people are so full of crap right now. It's just like, <laughs> so full of crap. Well, I mean, it's like. It's almost like I mean it's like it's literally like the June June the protests of the summer of twenty twenty. It's just like Summer of Love? <laughs> nobody nobody on the left cares about actual law and order if it serves their political agenda. And it's like I feel like at some base human level, at some just like basic general revelation Imago Day level, that should like just set off some red flags for somebody. Like like basic comparing events saying, oh, they hated this protest, but they liked this protest. They're prosecuting people in this protest, but they got people out of jail at this protest. Now they are literally allowing people... Like, when I say allowing, I don't mean, like, they need to go in there with riot gear and stop it, but allowing in the sense of uh, not having any sort of speech against it. You know, the intimidation of Supreme Court justices which are supposed to only be on the side of the Constitution. They're not elected officials. They are just to read and interpret and apply the Constitution of the United States, the law of the land, to cases. That's their only job. And if they would not have magically made up a right to privacy out of the penumbrums and abominations that don't exist... Get your hands off my penumbrum. (laughs) We would not have this problem right now. They made crap up, and this is where it's gotten us. I mean, how long before, before, like, Trudeau... And Biden are holding hands at one of the, outside of one of these Supreme Court justices' houses, right? I mean, that's what they did in the summer of 2020, right? They just went yeah. out there and they, they joined in with those. I mean, even though we had a pandemic and everyone could be dying from, you know, having gatherings, it was totally fine to flood the streets and they were yeah. all buddy-buddy then, right? Maybe Trudeau so, will show up in black robe. <laughs> black robe. <laughs> Trudeau in black robe. See, I can make Canadian jokes. Oh, that plays well into his uh, drama teacher, uh, yeah, previous career of drama teacher. Yes, did you see him trying to raise the Canadian flag at the embassy in Kiev? No, no. Let's just say he embarrassed himself. Uh, So one of the comments was like, well, I guess they didn't teach him that in acting school. (laughs) I am not surprised at all. Well, you know what? I'll show you the video. On uh, on VE Day, this has just passed. Did you, Victory in Europe Day, sorry, to be clear. In case you, I did not say like, anyway. VE Day is Victory in Europe Day. Did you see that uh, in Poland they they threw a paint bomb on the Russian ambassador? No. Oh my gosh, red paint. It looked like he had been like exploded. Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, which is kind of it's kind of interesting. It was just an interesting reaction. Those Slavic countries, man, they really just—I mean, I guess it's better than not mess around in terms of safety. They do but. not mess around. They they have they have some serious strong they have feelings. 
They have all the fields. Yeah, so do pro boards trying to burn oh down. Oh my gosh! All the all the crazy color hairs were yelling at me on the on the twitters. <laughs> Very unhappy. <laughs> How about that Louisiana bill, though? Isn't that great? Yeah, they were just like um, literally a bill here. to abolish abortion. Yeah, and interesting. I believe uh, I think it's Michigan has a 1939 a snapback law to that that completely and like outlaws and prosecutes abortion as well that they're trying to like figure finagle a way out of because <laughs> they're like we can't have this this is horrible none of us were born for this deal yeah and in 1939 they're like you know what that's really not good we shouldn't have that we shouldn't allow abortion whatsoever and i think it actually snaps back which is interesting it's good snap back law it means you snap, snap back to that snap back snip snap snips yeah once the federal government gets their <laughs> stupid hands out of the uterus we'll be fine it reminds me of Surprised we have our episode. Joe Biden, get your hands off my private sector. sector. <laughs> um, they're, um, that's such a good one. Go back and listen to that one, guys. That was great. Can I just say one of the things that really ticks me off? This kind of ticks me off. You know what really grinds my gears? This does grind my gears. Um, they, they've got the Gadsden flag in the shape of the uter- the um, ovaries. Have you seen this? Like the Yes, I yeah, have. That really ticks me off because no one's trying to take your ovaries. Okay, it's not like a firearm. You don't get to have the flag. Okay, they're not trying to actually take your ovaries. You can use your ovaries. Your body, your choice. You can do it. (laughs) All right, I'm not telling you how to do it. I I can simply point you to the reality of what makes a baby. Okay, if you don't want to have a baby, don't do that. (laughs) This is not. This is not rocket science. This is basic biology. All right. I also want to say one other thing, too, very clearly and emphatically here as we come to the close of this this episode. There is one healer and only one who can bring comfort, hope, and healing post-abortion for mm. women across this country. If you have had an abortion, if you have ever felt any guilt or shame, there is a Savior who takes all of that. And he wants to bring you reconciliation, restoration, healing, not temporary, permanent healing. And churches, may we be places found with our arms open to those women who will need healing. Because when the law can suddenly inform the conscience, it can it can change hearts. And, and, and to be told, hey, no, this was a life. We should never have allowed this can affect people. Uh, we should be ready, church, with the clear message pointing directly to the healer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed Robert Rod, Robert Bortons tonight. We had a good time talking to him. I hope that was informational. And uh, and also us chit-chatting here about the crazy reaction of the God of progressivism being torn down slowly at the foundation there. May we continue, Christians, to exercise weight and authority because we serve a sovereign Lord. Yes and amen. Mm-hmm. And so this day, Christian, we would like to encourage you to seize the faith.